How we doing? Good. Good morning, man. Good morning, man. Good morning. How are things going? Going good. How about yourself? Man, I can't complain. I can't complain, man. It's pretty early for you out there. It's nine o'clock. Yeah, it's nine o'clock. So you know, pretty 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 standard. <laughs> early bird catches the worms. <laughs> there you go. Yes, sir. Welcome to the 81 Podcast. It is your host, Austin Fali. I'm joined today by former TCU defensive back, member of the 2014 number three ranked Peach Bowl Championship team, defensive back, NFL prospect, Colby Griffin. Colby, how you doing today, brother? Man, I cannot complain, man. It's a beautiful day. It's, it's real cold here in Houston, but man, um, you know, it's happy to be alive, man. Yeah, good time to be alive. You know, obviously, how was your New Year's, by the way? Uh, it was good, man, to be honest. Yeah. Um, thanks to, you know, COVID and all that. Uh, we didn't do what we usually did. Uh, just myself, my wife, three kids. Um, we were asleep by, <laughs> I want to say like eight o'clock. <laughs> woke back, woke back up for the, uh, you know, like the, the ball drop and went right back to sleep, man. It was, it was crazy. Funny. It's yeah, funny. Exactly. No. Real wild, real wild party, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy because for me, I always sleep during New Year's. This is the only year I actually got to stay up. And it wasn't by I would I didn't want to. I like I fell asleep around around like eight or nine. And then I woke up right at like eleven fifty two. And then I'm all and I couldn't go back to bed. I'm like, oh shit. And like, all right, happy new year's. Like hey. I stayed up. I went live. I'm I'm just in my bed, just like you know, posting on Facebook. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, all right. No, I mean, so obviously you're from Houston, right? You're a Houston native. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you got you got the Astros hat. I see you got Absolutely. that going on. Absolutely. Yes. Always. Always. So yeah, talk to me about kind of your early life and your upbringing. Um, was football your first sport, and uh, pretty much what uh, what kind of inspired you to play uh, at an early age? Okay. So yeah, man, I've been I actually been playing football since I was four years old. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started playing football when I was four. I uh, played flag when I was four. Um, my parents actually signed me up for the tackle league when I was five, uh, even though like you're supposed to start at like six or seven. Um, but I just I wanted to <laughs> I've always wanted, I always wanted to play ball. Man, I had two older brothers uh, growing up. They were they were big into football. And then from the first time a football touched my hand, I was just in love with it. Like yeah. it, it uh, <laughs> I hate to use like that cliche, like. You know, it, it was natural and all that. But, like, man, I just – it was one of the first times in my life where I just, like, it just it just felt right. And it's always felt right. You know what I mean? Ever since then. Yeah, 100%. And kind of, you know, we do, with two older brothers, you know, for me, I also have two brothers, one older, one younger. It kind of – it's kind of just naturally ingrained, right? Because, you know, right. I got these boys through playing, so, you know, I'm just flashing hey. them. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty much with that, bro. I mean, you know, I mean, kind of like that – kind of what you're to your point – um, when you have that influence, you're just kind of naturally kind of get grandfathered, right. I guess, you know, into it. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So pretty much you played since you were four. Were you always a DB or did you play? I'm sure you played multiple positions, right? Right. So actually, I didn't even touch defense until I got to middle school, man. Okay. Or, school. Well, full time, I guess, because I played I was a quarterback. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I thought I was going to be the next Mike Vick, man. So the reason <laughs> I actually the nice. reason I actually wear 12 and the reason I've always worn 12 is because um was for randall cunningham cunningham okay yeah randall cunningham was my guy so like he um you know my older brothers liked him my dad liked him and um never was like an eagles fan or anything but i just loved the way like randall cunningham was out there dipping and dodging and you know making plays on the run and back then like that was rare right so like it wasn't like the lamar jackson's there wasn't the the mahomes the watson so like to see that in the nfl was like whoa yeah and um you know so I started off playing quarterback, and then on defense, um, I would play, like, 
<laughs> I feel like defensive end or middle linebacker. Um, I played free safety. I played corner. It wasn't, but you know, in little league, you pretty much play wherever, right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I was the team's quarterback, so I I mean, I rarely I rarely played on defense. And then I got to middle school, um, played quarterback, running back, and DB. And then my freshman year of high school, um, the my, the spring, I tore my labrum right when I transferred to St. Pius. I tore my labrum in my um, in my throwing shoulder, and pretty much to to get back on the field. And I knew for sure I wanted to you know be a varsity football player. Pius was just coming off a state championship. Um, it was a lot had a lot of starters coming back, and like yeah. I knew I wanted to get on that field. So I was like, man, I got to figure out where I, where I can get on, get on the field immediately. And I can't throw right now. So um, what can I do to, you know, get better and what position can I make the field at? So I, I went into track. I ran track with a, with a torn labrum. We ended up winning the uh, four by one and four by two state championship my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And then football coaches were like, well, the kid can run. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's put him at corner. <laughs> put him at corner. Yeah. Yeah. And then my so my sophomore year, um, made first team all state. Um, started getting recruiting, started getting recruited by like uh the Big Twelve schools. Like here in Texas, those are typically the schools that reach out to you first. So like I remember my first letter came after my second game, sophomore year from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Then um Baylor started visiting me at the school, uh, U of H started recruiting me heavy, Texas AM, TCU, those schools started coming in. And then I got my first, I got my first offer. I got my first verbal offer, like, uh, after like game seven, game eight. And then my first written offer came in that spring. So, and, yeah. Yeah. And so, so talk to me about who, who was the first to give you the written offer and kind of what was your, what was your thought process when you got that? Ba- so Baylor, Baylor was my first, was my first written offer, man. And, uh-huh. uh, man, it was a, uh, it was a real, to be honest, it was a real emotional experience, man. Right. Um, so growing up, like no one in my family had, had been to college, like my, my mom or my dad or anything like that. Um, my brothers didn't go. And it was just like a, it was just like a, like almost a surreal moment. Like, it's not if I'm going to go to school, it's, yeah. it's where, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like, like, I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay for it. Like. You know, what I mean? like, I'm gonna, like I'm actually gonna go to college. Like that, that was a it was a real crazy experience, man. And like people, I was like, man, people want me to like be at their school. That, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And still, and to be honest, I was real just real grateful, real appreciative. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Baylor turned into a, a powerhouse the last few years, and um, when they offered me, they were. They had they had RG three. He had just he had just gotten there. He's probably a sophomore because my sophomore in high school, and like you could see the potential of what Baylor was going to be. And I just I just thought it was real cool that they you know would reach out and offer me, man, and went from there. What's there? Pretty much. So you went to ba- but you and you ultimately decided to go to TCU, correct? Yeah. So I committed to TCU super early, man. I committed to TCU um, this the spring of my junior year. Um, so. I went to their, that's funny. I went to their junior day and, um, you know, junior day is typically where they, they've narrowed down the top prospects they want to look at. And 
you know, typically you're going to leave with an offer. You know, if you can invite the, you, you can invite the junior day, like it's, it's pretty much like they're going to give you, give you an offer. But um, I guess what, what really set TCU apart for me, man, is I was the first kid they brought in that day on junior day. Yeah. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, and I'm sitting here with like, you know, this guy's an all American, like this guy's all state, this guy's blah, blah, blah. Like I've seen these guys on rivals and scout and ESPN and all that. And they're like, yeah. So, um, we want you to officially be the first member of our 2011 class. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Me? Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I had, and at this time, like TCU was considered like a smaller school because they were like in the Mountain West and stuff like that. But, you know, they'd already played, in, like they'd won the Fiesta Bowl, or, or played in the Fiesta Bowl. They were getting, they were getting ready to play in the Fiesta Bowl, actually. But like, um, you know, they'd been known for like, being like the upset school, right? Like they upset OU or like they upset, you know, Utah and stuff like that. But uh, growing up, LT was my favorite football player, right? So like, I grew up in a weird time in Houston where like we didn't have the, the Oilers had left, the Texans hadn't come in yet till like 2002. Yeah. 2002, 2003 was their first season. So like there was a period of time where Houston had a football team. So like I just followed players and LT was my favorite player. So yeah. I followed TCU because that's where LT went to school, right? Yeah. And um, so it was like, that was almost surreal. And then like, there were just like so many little things about TCU that like stuck out to me. Like, so my middle name is Amon, right? A-M-O-N. Um, and TCU Stadium is Amon G. Carter. It's A-M-O-N. <laughs> and like Amon G, Amon Griffin. I was just like, man, there's a Colby dorm on campus. <laughs> man. My favorite, my favorite color is purple, man. It just it just all worked out. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. was like, I was like, yeah, this is this is it's it. Lit. So, it's lit. <laughs> right. So I committed, I committed really, really early, man. Um, and that was my one and only official visit was to TCU. Um, went to school there and the rest is history, as they say, man. Well, that's just history, right? And so yeah. obviously, I think was your freshman year of you guys, were you guys ranked at all um from your freshman to junior year? Or were you guys kind of and what, what was how how was how was your experience transitioning from high school to to TCU to a four year, yeah. So it was it was def- definitely definitely a, uh, a weird a weird transition, right? So right. and I so now I'm a mentor, a coach, and I personally train a lot of a lot of high school kids, right? Right. So I've had this conversation numerous times, but I went from being, you know, a real big fish in a real small pond. Right. <laughs> so you know, I was a three time All State DB in high school. I was you know an ESPN um, 150 kid. I was you know all. Of, Catholic school American and all these things or all these accolades right and then you go to school and like we had the highest ranked recruiting class that TCU had ever seen wow. right so so my year is it, the year we came in was directly after TCU won the Rose Bowl finished number two in the country right so this is the this is the this is the best group of recruits that have ever walked on campus at TCU right so like everybody's good you know what I mean like, like, <laughs> Not, not to mention this team just came off winning the Rose Bowl. So, like, the guys that were already there were good. You know what I mean? Right. And it was, it, it's just crazy. Like, I I went from being, like, you know, the fastest, um, most athletic dude in the room to being, like, damn, I might be, like, the seventh or eighth most athletic dude, like, in this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that, was a, that was a transition, man. Also, um just waiting your time, right? So I went from being like a three-time All-State guy to I redshirted my freshman year. Okay. When I got to TCU, man, I weighed 163 pounds. I mean, I could I could roll. I was a 4'4 guy, but 
yeah, I was just, I was just small. And then, right. um, so I redshirted and then we went 11 and two, I think my, my redshirt year and we won the poinsettia bowl against Louisiana tech. And then, then right after the season, it was announced we were joining the big East, right? We we're going to join the big East. We were going to, uh, you know, play against, you know, Miami and Syracuse and Connecticut and those schools and Pittsburgh and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Four weeks later, the Big East folded. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, like, right. So, I was like, okay, what the hell is going to happen? And then, um, you know, Miami and Syracuse, those schools, they joined the ACC. Right. And we, were, we were looking, we were like, shit, do we go back to the Mountain West? Like, do we try to join like another Power Five, blah, blah, blah. And then we got into the Big 12. And I remember that night was like a party on like on campus, bro. Like the the whole the whole city of Fort Worth was just crazy lit. Like, oh my God, we're like we finally got a seat at the table, right? Like we're with the big boys. We're gonna like we're gonna do so well and blah blah blah. Our first game of the year is against LSU at Cowboys Stadium. Like we're super hype. Like um, it's lit. <laughs> and we go and like we we played in a dog fight against LSU that year, right? Yeah. And then we finished four and eight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, and then the next year, um, we went seven and six, played in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, right, against Michigan State. And they had this one guy who was kind of decent. His name was Le'Veon Bell. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he was all right. Like, <laughs> dude, that, <laughs> that guy was unbelievable. I know. Right. So, like, off, like, 16 or 17 touches, he had, like, 150, 160 yards that game. A couple times. Automatic. Automatic. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. So, um, that year, I was a backup to uh, a guy named Jason Barrett. So, he's currently with the 49ers. He's probably going to be a Pro Bowl guy this year. Um, he was a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl as a rookie. Really, 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 really good player. Um, his helmet came off for a play, right? So, I had to, I had to run him a game. And I just remember thinking, like, all right. I'm in here, I'm gonna do my thing. Uh, you know, at that time I was typically like more like a special teams guy, run down on like kickoffs and punts, shit like that. Yeah. And they run an X crack toss, man. And my receiver leaves me. There you go. You're hey. Not... Yeah, yeah, you Go ahead. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Um, they run an X crack toss, man, and my receiver leaves me. So I'm like, okay, this is my chance. I'm yeah. coming, I'm, I'm coming down here. Yeah. And their their fullback picks up our strong safety. So I'm one-on-one with Le'Veon Bell. And I just throw everything I got at him. Bro, dude bro, dude ran through me like like like, <laughs> like shot like shower water rains down, bro. Just like <laughs> like just bounced off bounced off and stepped out of bounds. Right. And uh they were like, oh good hit, Griff, good hit. I come back to the sideline, man. My shoulder is like this. I I dislocated it. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> and my DB coach was like, Why in the hell would you try to take that boy on up top? Like, <laughs> he, was like, he was like, I love the he's like, man, I, he's like, dude, I love your attitude sometimes, but you gotta be smarter than that, man. Yeah. So when I was at when I was at TCU, I got the nickname uh, Crash Dummy from our special teams coach. Cause I would just I would just run into stuff full speed, right. like even even when I weighed 160 pounds, bro. I was just I had no, 
I was too dumb to know I wasn't that big. You know what I mean? I was, yeah. <laughs> hey, right bro, I, I was I was one thirty five when I walked on a JUCO, so so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just pure, pure piss and vinegar, man. Just, just trying to do what I could. Bingo. But, um, so yeah, we went seven and six that year. One uh, lost the Buffalo Wild Wings, won to Michigan State, but that offseason was different. Yeah. Like that offseason was different. Like there was. There was a, there was something about that team like we were like, man, we, we should be doing way better than this. Yeah. Like I'll never forget, I was on the plane back, um, and I was sitting in between Colby Listenby and BJ Catalan, and we were just sitting there talking about how like we had the potential to be special because like we had, we had some guys, we had a lot of guys, right? And like we could, we could really, we could really be somebody if we put if we put the work in. And um, that off season was was just different, man. It was, you know, besides the workouts that we did as a team together, I mean, you got guys going through individuals and then meeting up to throw or, you know, footwork drills or running ladders or, you know, running stadium steps or running hills. And then, you know, watching watching film together in between classes, like that off season was just different. Like it was one of those things where, like the coaches didn't really have to tell us to do stuff because we, we wanted to, right? Right, right. And then going into two a days that year, we knew like we were gonna we were gonna be damn good. Yeah. And we were, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we, were, we were pretty high, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um the the you know college football playoff committee didn't think so, but that's a that's a different story for a different day, I guess. Right. But yeah, man. Um, so I think the, I guess the the biggest transition for me was I went from more of being like the guy at at my high school to when I was at TCU, I you know had to had to find my role, man. Um, I was behind a lot of a lot of really talented guys like Jason Rett, play, obviously still playing in the league. Uh, you know, Kevin White was in the NFL. Greg McCoy was in the NFL. Um, Anthony Tejada played in the league not been in the XFL. So like I was just in between, you know, four to five guys that were really, really, really good. And I had to figure out like where my like where my where my role was, where my niche was. And I found it on specials. And then um, you know, all the coaches will tell you, all, anybody who played with me will tell you I had I had kind of like a mentor role um on the team, like, you know, helping young guys, keeping them out of trouble, um, you know, Telling, telling guys the do's and don'ts of what it meant to be like a TCU football player and things like that. So, and I take just as much pride in that as I did like on the field, right? So like it, it brings me joy, man, to like look now and see guys like, you know, Ranthony Tejada who got who got into the league or, you know, Colby Listenby who got into the league or, you know, BJ Catalan, um, even with like the concussion issues and stuff like that, went back and played in the CFL. Like those are, those are my guys. Like, um, Deontay Gray got a chance with the Texans and, you know, all these, all these things throughout and throughout, I can look back and say, like, man, I remember, you know, sitting down with this player and talking about X, Y, and Z and saying, hey, man, you can be special if you do this. Right. Sitting down with this player and saying, like, hey, man, let's not focus on this. Let's focus on this. And I think that's really where, like, my passion for, um, for like, coaching and training got started was in college. Right. When I realized that, like, you know, as far as, like, talent-wise goes, um, I feel I felt like I was just as good as those guys, if not better. But for whatever, you know, whatever reason, whatever circumstances, I never got the opportunity to show it. But I what what 
um, I think what made me a good teammate was like, what can I do to help this team reach their full potential, whether it be me on the field or me off the field? You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah, because that your your story resonates with me personally because I felt the same way. I'm like, okay, I, I walked out of JUCO. I didn't get to play in high school, so I so I, I came out fresh, like green oh, as wow. fuck. I, and this is spring away because you, yeah, you're old man. I graduated away, so I was spring away just walking on summer ball, a spring ball at, at San Jose College. And my coach, Coach Keith Williams, he coached at Fresno State. He coached. He went on to coach at Tulane. He coached in Nebraska, and he works yeah. and he worked with all the NFL receivers who he coached at San Jose State at that time. So my first practice, James Jones on the Packers is <laughs> on the ladder, doing the ladder, and I'm just like. <laughs> what the fuck did I get myself into, bro? <laughs> yeah, I'm not that. Like, I'm not that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? And, like, yeah. to your point, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talent, you know? I mean, even at the Juco level, like, I mean, obviously you play at the highest level outside of playing the NFL, you know, pre, pre-NFL. pre But it's just like, you know, I mean, like, it's just like even at the Juco level, we had guys who went to Cal, D1s, and I feel like a lot of guys were NFL talent. Obviously you are, you know, and you probably feel the same way, that you, that you were also NFL talent. And I know you, and I know you are, because when I looked you up and I read about the article saying Kobe has an NFL draft prospect, you were a prospect being considered for the NFL. But like you said, for whatever right. reason, those opportunities never came. But, you know, you're not beating yourself up over it. Your mentality no, is kind of like mine as long as you're able to give back and you see that input and you see your, you see your, you see your teachings uh, materialize into something right. greater then that is, then you basically have done your job. You, you Absolutely. Just complete. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And, and to be honest, it came, it came around full circle. Cause uh, so after we won the peach bowl, man. Um, oh, let's talk about that season. We, we, we talk about your junior You see now we got senior year. All right. Talk to me. So, so you're heading into the season. Go ahead. <laughs> so heading head, head into the season, man. Like we knew, um, we knew we were going to be like special. Right. And yeah. we wanted to like, we literally wanted to dominate and, yeah. and, and every, and every aspect of the game. So like, like one of the things I take pride in from that team that like not a lot of people know, right. Yeah. It's like that, that year we led the league and um, kickoff and punt coverage, right. We led the, excuse me, led the nation and kickoff and punt. So we had the best kickoff team in college football and we set a record for punt return yards allowed. Right. Right. And like, those are two units I started on. So like, I, I take pride in that, but like just something that small, right. Like our something that small, like, we, so you got to understand, like it's a third string linebacker who runs that on kickoff, who knows, like, this is my job. And I think it just as importantly as the quarterback who's going to play 70 snaps. And I think I'm that's made. like, that's you saw what the ring. That you saw the ring. No, exactly. special teams is not minimal. It's not exactly. minimal. Yeah. Exactly. So go ahead. Yeah. And that just, that's what made our team, that's what made our team special, man. And um, I remember this, I think the second game of that year, we played SMU at SMU and beat him like 56 to zero. Like we yeah. were just, and there was, I think it was at that moment that like, not just, not just some of the older guys, but even some of the younger guys looked around like, oh, wow. Like we, we might be like really good this season. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and then, um, Fast forward to us playing OU at home. Um, this is OU with like Baker Mayfield, um, Samaj P. Ryan, who ended up winning, going on to uh, break the rushing record for yards in a game the next year. He ran for 406 against Kansas. It's crazy. Um, yeah, insane. Crazy. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, or no, he ran for like 420 because Melvin Gordon ran for, 40, ran for 406 because the record was LT at TCU with 405. Then Melvin Gordon broke it. Then Samaje Piran broke it like the next week. Um, but anyways, so we went, OU comes to our house and it was being billed as like, 
is TCU for real, right? Because like if yeah. we can if we can beat these guys, we might be an actual contender. And we took that with a lot of pride because like man, we were we're already we were already had like the whole like chip on our shoulder thing, right? Like TCU has made a history of, of getting like two and three star guys who felt like they were overlooked by you know the UTs or the AMs or you know, out-of-state schools, the OUs, the Oklahoma States, and saying, like, you come here and, like, you prove yourself, right? And Coach P does a real good job of even making, like, <laughs> four-star, five-star guys buy into that mentality, right? So we feel like we're the underdog no matter what, even when we have the better team, right? So, yes, like, uh, Coach P is, is a super, super, super talented motivator in doing that. And so we're going to plan OU and – you know, it's a nation nationwide game, man. Like the the stadium is electric, sixty thousand strong, man. Um, it's a day game, but it feels like a night game because it's just it it's crazy, man. I can close my eyes and see myself back on that field, man. Um, and you know, there are some big hits throughout the game, and uh, Paul Dawson's pick six, man. I'll never like it was like time stopped, like so like we sent Dawson on a blitz. And Baker hit him in the chest with the football. Like it, it was like it was like time stopped. And man, from that moment on, we were just like, "Oh, this is this is it. Like this is the year. Like this is like this is the year that nobody's gonna stop us." And this was the first year of the college football playoff, right? Yeah. So we're undefeated. Uh, keep going on. We're undefeated. We go to Baylor, and this is being so. Baylor is our is our rival, right? Huge rivalry. Right. Both teams can be two and ten. It doesn't matter. Like if you if you beat Baylor, it's a good year, right? If Baylor beats you, it's a good year for them. Like this is each team Super Bowl, and we go up, man. We go down there. The game starts. Opening kickoff. Um, we get a huge hit on them. They come, uh, you know, get a three and out. We go up fourteen. They score, right? The, they get a field goal. The first time they kick off to us, we take it back. And I was on the kickoff return team, and I made I made the uh, the, like the last block for uh, BJ Catalan to take it into the end zone. And I remember thinking like, dude, we're up twenty one three, and this is like, well, we're about to blow these boys out. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's about, like it's about to get crazy. We're about to blow their ass out. Yes, sir. And then man, we had the, and I tell people all the time, looking back at it, um, at first. I would. I used to be angry at like the refs and stuff like that. Because if you watch, if you watch the, if you go back and watch the game, twenty fourteen TCU versus Baylor, man. Um, in the in the second half, we had twelve penalties called against us, and Baylor had two. Wow. Right. Um, and then there was a very very controversial no call pi um, that took away a touchdown for us because Josh Dotson was wide open in the end zone. And um, what was that dude's name? Orion, Orion uh, Howard, I think. Not no, not Xavier Howard, but some Orion. Um, just basically tackled him, no call. Yeah. And then there was a phantom PI on us. Like they threw <laughs> two PIs on us the next drive. They kept it alive, allowed him to go down, and kick a field goal. They go up by three. Final score sixty one fifty eight, man. And it was like we lost that game. Like I took Baylor didn't win it. We lost it. You know, we were we were blowing them out at home. I mean, at their house, we were blowing them out, and we just let that slip through our fingers. And then, but we made a conscious decision on that, in that locker room, that 
we were going to leave no doubt for the rest of the year about who was the better team. Cause we felt like we were, we were much better than Baylor. Um, even though they beat us by three. So the rest of that year, man, you look at back at, you know, us playing West, um, playing West Virginia, blew them out. And West Virginia went on to beat Oklahoma. Excuse me, West Virginia went on to beat Baylor that year, which is what caused all the controversy. Right. So us and Baylor had identical records. Baylor had beaten us by three. West Virginia had beaten them by 10. Um, but we blew out everybody else we played even, you know, so we end up going back, rising back up the ranks to number three in the country. Uh, Baylor was sitting at five, I think, after they lost to West Virginia and final week of this year. So, you know, college football playoff comes to visit us on campus and, you know, they meet with like RAD and our head coach and all the talk around the school is like, man, if y'all win, you know, the big 12 championship, like we're going to the college football playoff. We're number three in the country. Top yeah. four teams go, right? Yeah. And, you know, we won. We beat um, Iowa State on the, final, on the final week of the Big 12, 52 to three. So we won by 49 points. Wow. Right. So when I tell you, man, it was a party on campus. Like, that, the entire city was going nuts. So, like. Get out of your mind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and we always had, that was a Saturday. We always had meetings Sunday morning, right? So the meeting we had Sunday morning was to watch the college football playoff announcement. Like, you know how, like, during March Madness, like, all the teams, like, huddle around, like, the TVs, and they sit and wait? That's exactly what it looked like, man. So exactly. I'm talking about. Yeah. I yeah. Know. 105 players, all the coaches, you know, the trainers, and that, like, that. everybody's sitting around, like, all right. Are we going to, like, because we were, like, you know what? We were, like, you know what? Because um, the controversy, they might, like, they might drop us to four or something like that. Yeah. But, but we just knew we were going to play in the college football playoff. And I remember when, when that announcement happened that Ohio State had jumped up and they dropped us out. Bro, it, was so, it was so quiet. You could hear a pin drop in there. Like, and the first person I remember saying something was uh, Trayvon, our quarterback, Boykin. He was like, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, then, it's fucked up. And, I, and then everybody's like, and then everybody started talking amongst themselves. And Coach P was like, no, no, no. He was like, hey. He's like, listen, guys, like, we can only control what we can control. And he was like, um, in a few in a few hours, I'm sure we'll know what bowl game we're playing in. We'll know who we're playing against. And whoever we play, we're going to prove to the rest of the country that we deserve to be in the college football playoff. He was like, he was yeah. like if, we'd have, if we'd have took care of business in Waco, we wouldn't even be in this position. So we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And, like, as a – you know what I'm saying? As a as an adult, looking back at that, I, I admire like his his resolve and like the way he handled that situation. Cause I know, you know, in his heart of hearts, man, dude had to be pissed. Like yeah. he's probably thinking, like, what like what more could we have done? You know what I mean? Like, right. like what like what more could we have done? Our average margin of victory that year was something crazy because we just blew everybody out besides our one loss. And like what what more could he have done, right? And like and then, like, if you compare resumes, and I always, I've had this conversation numerous times. Ohio State had one loss that year, right. and it was to and it was to a unranked Virginia Tech team that went five and seven. Mm-hmm. Who didn't even play in a bowl game? <laughs> yeah. Our one loss was to the number five team in the country by three points on the road. Like, mm-hmm. if you compare resumes, like, there's no, there is no argument about who should who should have been in. Right. Um, but you know, Ohio State got it, got hot at the right time, got in, they won the national championship that year. So the college football playoff 
defended themselves by saying basically like, oh, we made the right call because Ohio State, um, you know, won the, won the natty or whatever. But it is what it is. It is what it is. It but is yeah, go ahead. That, that bowl game, man. So my mom's family is from Georgia. Huh? And, um, you know, so with it being in Atlanta, I have a lot of family in Atlanta. They all came to the game. Bro, I had like 35, 40 people at that game at the Peach Bowl. Yeah. And on the um, opening kickoff, ran down there and made a huge hit. And, like, it was like I've never felt taller. You know what I'm saying? I walked off. Yeah. Walked off eight, eight, eight feet tall, man. And um, We jaws open this bitch, boy. Special exactly. teams, baby. Kickoff exactly. squad. Head on this INC, boy. <laughs> exactly. Like, set the tone, man. And, I already know. Yes, sir. I, um, I'll send you a picture, man. Like, I remember after that game, I was on the cover of ESPN.com, me and my teammates. It was myself, uh, Kenny Iloka, and a guy named Jawan Story. And it was nice. just like, and the, the headline was TCU makes its, makes its case. Like, yes, sir. And, yeah, and the article was about like how like we should have been in the championship and all that stuff. But I don't know, man. It was just like, a, it was a surreal feeling. Like, even though um, my, my four-year career hadn't went the way that I wanted to, I went out on like a, on a real high note, you know, because I always, I always, exactly. I always like yeah. envision myself, like being that guy, being an all American that would, you know, um, especially being like the first commit of my class. Like I felt like I hadn't lived up to, you know, my, my potential at least at the time. And right. to be able to, to go out on top like that really was, was, was a cool thing. Um, so I graduated that spring and then I ended up going to um, Kentucky state to play my fifth year. Um, so as a grad transfer and that to be completely honest, man, at the time was, wasn't, wasn't something I really wanted to do. So I graduated from school, man, um, in May and the NCAA passed a rule that you couldn't re-enroll as an undergrad at your, at your, at your same school. So you had to go to wow. grad school. Yeah. Right. So if you look at a guy like, um, like Case Keenum, or if you look at a guy like, like, uh, because uh, they call it the Case Keenum rule, right? So Case Keenum played six seasons at U of H. Yeah. yeah got a four-year degree. Right. Because <laughs> he just re-enrolled re as an undergrad student, right? Yeah. Well, the NCAA decided, like, you can't do that anymore, and you have to be a, you have to be a, gra a graduate student to play Bullshit, past your man. fourth year. Yeah. And wait, unless unless you haven't graduated yet. So I tell people all the time, like, if I hadn't graduated from TCU, I'd have played my fourth year at TCU. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like I got take... punished. Just take, yeah. just, 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 just take, just take work, weight, weightlifting, you know, that, that spring and then be all right. Okay. Now do the full load in this hall. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like I got punished for graduating on time. You know what I mean? Like what, man? Right. So the, the deadline had passed to enroll in graduate school at TCU. So like I had to find, this is now June mm -hmm. and I got to find a school that's willing to give me, not only willing to let me on their team, but give me a scholarship. So like I was gonna, <laughs> I'd already had like, you know, careers lined up and I was going to begin my, my professional career and start working. And then um, Kentucky State called me, D2 school, HBCU in Frankfort, Kentucky, man. Um, <laughs> and, and they were like, yeah, we, we got a spot for you like right now, like immediately. <laughs> like you, you, show, like, you show up like immediately. Yeah. And I visited, uh, visited next week, moved down there. Got you know, drove everything down, everything I could in a in a Honda Civic, um, and then got all my stuff when I got there, man, and made made the, made the most of it. And it was the true like, and I'm so glad I got that experience because I felt like you know at the D1 level, man, 
I was pampered, you know, like I had yeah. all my meals prepared and, you know, I had, I was on the, I had the, you know, protein shakes whenever I wanted and all these tutors and, you know, everything like we, TCU takes care of its players where I went to a school that didn't have that same kind of budget, man. Right. And really had to rough it, you know? So I worked, I worked full time. I worked 40 hours a week. I went to grad school at, I went to grad school um, at night after practice. Yeah, uh, I, I worked during the day. You know what I mean? Like I, I really was really out there getting it, man. And that helped shape like who I am as an adult. And I met my wife while I was down there. My wife was a student at the university of Kentucky while I was at K-State. Um, and yeah, the rest is history, but I finally got my chance to like be the player. I thought I, I thought I was going to be, you know what I mean? Bingo. So I went down, to, right. went down, went down to K-State, man, um, gained some weight. I was weighing about 205, 210, played strong safety, uh, nickel at K-State, ended up doing really well, um, was a player that was the national player of the week, um, for, um, our game against Central State. It's called the Circle City Classic. You play in like the Colt Stadium. So had a bunch of tackles, had a block kick, took it back for a touchdown. Um, you know, really got my name out there in like the national, the national headlines, even from a D2 school and um, got invited to the Dream Bowl, which is a college all-star game for um, schools like D1AA and below. So there's no, there's no D1A kids, it's D1AA and below. Um, but all 32 NFL teams were there. You had all the CFL teams were there. Um, got a chance to really like showcase my skills. I sat down, I interviewed with the Jets there. Um, I met with the Jets, I met with the Chargers, I met with the Patriots. And, um, you know, was legit, was finally like legitly being seen as like an NFL prospect. Um, throughout the, like throughout the, the week, I kept getting matched up with this guy named Chester Rogers, who, who ended up being the starting slot receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. And bro, I was clamping him down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was, locked, boy. I was locked, locked up. up. They won't let me out. It's like, exactly, what? Exactly. <laughs> um, had a, you know, had a had a decent, had a decent game. Um yeah, it actually, yeah. it actually uh we had an ice the game's in Virginia Beach and we had an ice storm like the day before the game. So yeah. it was like pretty much a, a running and a running and kicking game. So yeah. as a as a corner, you know, I didn't really get much chance to shine. Um but had like three tackles on a PBU. And um, got in, talked to some scouts, got invited to the NFL regional combine. And then I actually tore my ankle oh. down there. Yeah, down at the regional combine, man. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was my, that was like my shot. And I was, man, I was devastated. I tore my, I tore my ankle in three places on a very like routine, just like backpedaling and breaking towards the ball. Um, foot just got stuck in the turf and, you know, it popped. So. I was real, real crushed about that, man. Like I felt like I had, you know, I'd worked so long and I, I took in a different role at TCU than I thought I was. And like, I was finally gonna be rewarded for that, for that work I put in, um, got to K-State, did my thing. Like I felt, I felt like it was all coming around full circle. Like I was like, man, they're gonna make a movie about this shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I got hurt, um, moved back to Houston. My wife, uh, she was pregnant at the time. We, you know, started, working doing the doing the doing the the big boy thing like the you know husband father had a had a nine to five and I actually got a call from one of my high school coaches here in Houston and he was like hey man um are you done playing ball and I was like yeah <laughs> he was like 
he was like, he's like, what do you mean you're done? So this is now 2017. So I was in, I was in the 2016 draft. Um, that that had been my draft year. And like, before I got hurt, a lot of teams were talking about taking a chance on me as like an undrafted free agent. So like the Jets, the Chargers, the Packers, the Patriots. Um, so after that, man, I was, I was bitter. I was done with the game. I felt like the game had wronged me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I felt like I put, I put all this time, all this effort into the game and I didn't get back what I thought I was going to get. Um, so he was like, man, you done playing ball? I was like, yeah, I'm done. And he was like, all right, well do me a favor. And I was like, okay. He was like, you know, I run a semi-pro team out here in Houston called the Houston Ducks. He's like, I want yes, you to come sir. to one practice. Yes. He was like, he's like, just come to a practice, man. And he was like, just watch it. And he was like, if if you don't want to play after watching one practice, I'll leave you alone. He was like, but I could use some, he's like, I could use your help on the coaching staff. Because I know you know, he's like, I know you've always been a student of the game and you know, you know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, man, whatever. Went out there and it wasn't. I wasn't there for 15 minutes before I had my cleats on. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I wasn't there for 15 minutes before I had my cleats on, just some one on ones, and like really just like got that love of the game back, man. And yeah. so I played with the Ducks for for two years, 2017, 2018. They won their first championship ever in 2017, my first year. Um, I was defensive MVP. They won their second championship in 2018. Um, and then I got approached by. I got approached by um, an agent, uh, Michael Hayes with Pro Sports Management, was like, yeah, man, so, like, you know, you got D1 experience, you got college all-star experience, man, like, you're 26. You're tw- or I was 25. He's like, 25, man, like, you don't want to – you want to do nothing different than this, man? Like, you you got talent. He's like, I yeah. can see – he's like, I can see you playing in, like, the CFL or, like, arena. Like, obviously, the XFL wasn't around at this time in 2018. Yeah. And I was like – yeah, I guess, man. I was like, I'm making good money, you know, with my career and I'm progressing that way. And um, I guess I never, just, I just didn't think I was good enough. And he was like, oh, trust me, man. Like, because I wouldn't tell you if you, if you, if you weren't, you're, you're definitely good enough. Mm-hmm. So started shopping me around the arena teams. Um, 2019, I played with the um, Austin Wild. Indoor. Yeah, indoor ball. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's, what, that's what I got this boy, indoor. AIF. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle hey, Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've I've heard of them. Yeah. 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 Good team. Good team. Good team. Yeah. And um, from there, man, that that really opened up a lot of doors for me as well. Um. So after that, I sent that film out for me playing with the Wild, and got contacted by the Spring League. Mm-hmm. So the Spring League invited me, like so a lot of people don't know how like the Spring League process works. Right. A lot of times you apply to go play yeah. for the spring league and they, you know, they either approve you or deny you. Right. right. Um, the spring league reached out to me and I was like, Hey, um, would you like to come down to one of our showcases, um, you know, and test your, test your skills against guys who have, you know, played in the NFL, played in the CFL. Um, you know, at this time, this is 2019. This is the fall of 2019 playing that played in the XFL. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, man. Like I would. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. I went down there with, with a thought process that like, this is going to be it for me. Like, this is my, this is my, I don't want to say last stand, but like, this is going to be my test. Right. Right. Like, cause I obviously I played with, played with and played against guys at the highest level, you know, at TCU um, played with and played against guys at the dream bowl who are now playing in the NFL. And I held my own. But I'm like, damn, that was, you know, two, three years ago. Like yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if I'm still at that level, right? So this is going to be a test for me to see if I'm still, if, I, if I'm as good as I think I am, right? Because if I go down here and I'm not as good as I think I am, maybe it's time for me to just, you know, focus on something else. Right. And uh, went down there, uh, went down to the Miami Showcase, made the all-star team, uh, was told by Patrick Peterson, uh, senior, so Pat P- Patrick Peterson Jr.'s father was our DB coach that week that weekend, and he was saying like I was the best DB there, and he can definitely see, like he could see me, um, you know, he, he he said I should be a professional football player, and that meant a lot to me, because like obviously that guy does nothing but coach and train high level DBs, high level defensive backs. So for like for him to go out of his way to say that to me, and like we still talk to this day, like wow, I still yeah like me and him still me and him still keep in touch, we still talk all the time. And for him to say that to me, like, I knew he wasn't blowing smoke. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there was no there was no reason for him to. Like, there was no reason right. for him to lie to me. So for him to go out of his way to say that uh, to me really meant, like, okay, I, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, I got yeah. – so just added more fire to the grind. And um, my agent, Michael Hayes, was talking to um, some CFL teams about me. And um, we had contract talk – or we had talks with the um, XFL players office about me getting the XFL – um, I, I showed June Jones, who at the time was the head coach of the Roughnecks of the XFL, yep. mm-hmm. um, my film from the spring league. And he was like, man, I love your physicality. Love the way you play. Like I actually, he was like, I'd love to have you on the team. He was like, but everything goes through the XFL league office. So that's who you have to get. Yes. Who you have to get through. And then this is now February of 2020. Yeah. COVID hits. Ah, <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> So, like, the CFL teams I'm talking to are like, we don't know if we can bring you to camp because we don't know if we're going to have a season. Right. The XFL is like, we don't know if we're going to be able to finish this season. Right. So, at this time, they, they weren't bringing in any any new guys or any players to even get looked at because they don't know if they're going to be able to finish the season or have the funds to pay out their contracts that they've already promised to players that are already on the rosters. Right. So, I'm like, I'm like, damn, again, like, I felt like I've, you know, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've put in the work. I did. And then something out of my control hits. But this time, I think that my mentality was just like, fuck it, I made it through worse. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. I've, gotten, and I've gotten, I've gotten this close twice. Right. Why would I stop? You know what I mean? Like, why, why would I stop? Yeah. Like, I've gotten, I've gotten this close twice. Like, and it, and it's crazy because I look back now on the Spring League Showcase of 2019 and look at how many guys from that showcase went on to play in the NFL, XFL, or CFL that didn't make the All-Star team. Right. right. Like, that didn't make the All-Star team that weekend. I was just like – and I went out there with those guys, and I showed out. They didn't. So, like, that's that's giving me a boost of confidence. So, um, for 20 – fast forward, for now, for 2021, man, I've signed to, to play with the Wild again this year in the um, AAL, the American Arena League. Yep. And uh, just going to see where it goes from there, man. At this point, I'm just kind of trying to focus more on, like, where my feet are, right? So, like, not worry about, you know, what this is going to lead to or if I'm going to get a shot somewhere else. Just being grateful, man, that I'm healthy again. I can play ball again. And, you know, if this is it for – if this is the the highest the highest level I reach or whatever, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to enjoy where my feet are at. I'm going to just – you know, play the best I can every practice, every every game, every every snap, every rep, man, and just be grateful and be appreciative. Like, 
what this game has done for me, you know? 100%. And, and, you know, I mean, to your journey, and I appreciate you kind of going detail, kind of, you know, going to K-State route also. I have a lot of teammates from JUCO who play HBCUs, you know, and right. pretty much, you know, obviously, like, you know, I can appreciate, you know, kind of that too. That Dream Bowl is, is definitely a very prestigious honor. For our listeners who don't know, it's, it's a very it's a very prestigious honor to be invited to that. So, obviously, you you have my endorsement too. Um, you know, if it means anything, <laughs> that yes, you know, I'm sure that, you know, that you could play in the NFL if, 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 if the chips fell in your favor. So, right. you know, but even if you don't, if whatever, like you said, just keep going, you know, so. Exactly. I appreciate that, man. 100%. So yeah, uh, we, we, we yeah we got five six minutes. So yeah, let's talk about your kind of your coaching and uh, actually yeah actually before we do that tonight you mentioned the 2014 Ohio State getting there right yeah and they played Alabama en route to winning you know this because that was their CFP playoff right so right. that was your spot that they took <laughs> so tell Correct. me who you got tonight and why well, listen I hate to be bitter and I hate to yeah. be that guy yeah but man. Fuck Ohio State, dog. Hey, like, there I, it I is, baby. Hey, my boy. <laughs> there it is, baby. I, I hate I hate to be that guy, man. But fuck Ohio State. You understand me? Yeah. Not to fuck mention, him. so not to mention my cousin, my second or is he my second or third cousin? I don't know. But Derek Henry is my Derek Henry is my cousin. Oh what? And, yeah, so I'm not I'm not even the most athletic dude in my family by far, dude. Yeah. But <laughs> so damn. Um, with Derek, with Derek, me and my cousin and him going to, um, Alabama, yeah. you know, I, I kind of, I root for Alabama, right? I really like yeah. Nick Saban. Um, Nick Saban recruited me when I was in high school nice. and I always appreciated like just his like straightforwardness. His, so not to backtrack, but basically a lot of coaches will tell you a lot of different things. Right. right. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to badmouth any coaches or anything like that, but I'll say you, I could tell when I was talking to Nick Saban that he was telling the truth. Like, right. Right. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like when he, when he recruited me, he was like, listen, son, like you're a little undersized. Um, I love your speed. I love your physicality, but you're a little undersized. He's like, if, he's like, if you come to Alabama, you're probably gonna sit on the bench for two to three years. Right. He said, but you'll play for a national championship. I guarantee it. Right. And I, re- but like, I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't tell me like, yeah, dude, like, fuck yeah. You can come here and start tomorrow. And like, <laughs> He was like, he was like, you know, he's like, I think you'd be a good member of my, a good, good member of our community. You know, your grades are great. Um, you seem like a great person. He's like, you're a little undersized, but I love your, I love your attitude. I love your physicality. I love how fast you are. I love the way you play the game. But if you decide to come, you know, play for Alabama, you'll probably sit for two to three years. He said, but you'll play for a national championship and you won't receive better coaching anywhere else in the country. And I respected that. Yeah. So, yeah, man, um, I, I, I like the Alabama program. Um, nothing against anybody who's currently at Ohio State, because to be honest, none of the guys that are there now were part of that organization in 2014, right? There's no coaches right. left. There's no players left. But fuck Ohio State. <laughs> Forever. Ohio State, baby. We stand like this. We stand like this. Fuck Ohio exactly. State. Exactly. Fuck Ohio exactly. State, baby. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, All right. Man. 100%. Yeah, so we got up. You heard it here first. A1 Podcast. Kobe Griffin is picking the Roll Tide to roll, baby. It's roll game tide. on. Roll <laughs> Tide. All right, so I guess with the last few minutes, um, any point thoughts, kind of what's in store for you for 2021? And, uh, you know, with the coaching and everything, go ahead, share that. Yeah, so actually my wife and I, we just started a, a personal training business. Um, it's called KNR Fitness. Um, yeah. Feel free to check, check us out on Facebook, um, Instagram, KNR Fitness. Um, also, you can look at my personal page. Uh, Instagram is Colby Griffin 12. Facebook is Colby Amon Griffin. And basically, man, what I wanted to do is I've been a certified PT 
um, since I was like 17. It was my right. first job in high school. Right. Um, and I've always had a passion for seeing people go from what they are to what they want to be. Right. Whether that's football, whether that's in weight loss, whether that's in whatever, whether it's, you know, you want to gain five pounds of muscle, whatever your goal is, there's, there's something about me, like in my soul that it just brings me joy to see other people reach their goals. Um, and my wife's the same way. So my wife's been a certified personal trainer for a few years as well. And, you know, we go to the gym every day and like, we are always, we're always helping people out. Um, you know, like our friends and family, stuff like that. And one day we were just sitting there like, and why don't we get paid for this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why, yeah. <laughs> like, like why not, why not make this like a, a thing? You know what I mean? Like we, we do this, we do this regularly. Like, why not? Like I'm here every day. Why should I get paid for it? Right. Back, so, <laughs> um, currently I've been training, um, some baseball players, some football players, some lacrosse players, um, on, you know, speed, agility, explosiveness, change of direction, but also, um, teaching them what it's like to be in a college level weight program, to be in a, to know what it's like, how, how you should treat your body off the field, what you should eat, what you put into it, um, resting, how important that is. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to be one of those guys who just, you know, takes a kid, trains them, puts it on Instagram, and then the kid doesn't hear from him ever again. Yeah. Um, I'm really yeah. focusing on like whole body, whole body wellness, like body, soul, and mind. Cause like, I really want to see these kids fulfill, um, fulfill their full potential. You know what right. I mean? Right. And so, yeah, that's, what's, that's my focus for 2021, man, is just, is building, is building that up, um, helping as many people as I can reach their goals. Cause I've, I found that that is what puts me in my, in my biggest state of happiness, man. It's helping other people. It's helping other people do what either they didn't think was possible or they thought wasn't possible for them. You know what I mean? Right. And I think to that point, when you're able to see that again, maybe when you're able to help them reach that objective or that goal and see that materialize, it makes you realize that whatever you're preaching is actually being effective. And that's probably the best feeling in the world. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. To know, to know that, you know, you made an impact on somebody else's life is, is it's worth its weight in gold, man. You can't put a price tag on it. You definitely can't. It's priceless. So, you know, I mean, hey, man, it was, it was great having you on. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to have you back on because I mean, this is way too much fun and we didn't have enough time to get into <laughs> everything. But you know what? We're, we're, we're going to do this again. So and uh, once again, let, let listeners know where they can find out more about personal training with Kobe KR12 Fitness. Oh, yes, yes, please. So follow me on Instagram at, uh, at Colby Griffin 12. That's K-O-L-B-Y-G-R-I-F-F-I-N 12. Um, follow me, DM me, give me a shout out, man. I follow back. I'm not one of those weird people. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely does. So, if you got, if you got, um, and we also offer virtual training as well. So even if you're, even if you're not local to me, um, we do, um, virtual nutrition programs, virtual training, all those things, feel free to reach out. Um, I would love to see you be your best self in 2021, man. 100%, 100%. You know, all we're doing is making moves 2021. So we're going to do that. Follow Kobe right. Griffin at Kobe Griffin 12, Kobe M on Griffin. Kobe, man, have a great rest of Monday. Go, go, hey man, it's roll tide. And then we'll have you back on again, brother. Take care. All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, you too. Take care.